0: Hey all Jeremy here from the PTE Network, just popping in with a quick message before we start this week's show. If you're part of our Discord or our Facebook group, you may have seen the statement we released regarding the WGA and the SAG after-strikes, and how it's going to affect our shows in the immediate future. If you're not, I'm going to give you just a little recap here. Last week, the Screen Actors Guild and the American Federation of Television and Radio Artists released some guidelines on their site for podcasters and how they can help support the strike, as well as how they would like podcasts to handle struck work. We here at the PTE Network affirm the rights of the workers of the WGA and SAG-AFTRA and want to do everything in our power to stand in solidarity with them. Because of this, you're going to notice a little bit of a shakeup in our upcoming releases. The biggest thing you'll notice is that the 80s movie bracket is currently going on hold. We look forward to getting this out there for everyone to listen to, but until the strike is resolved and the unions have an acceptable contract in place, we will be refraining from releasing any content that could seem to be promoting any struck work, past, present, or future. With that said, our shows will continue to discuss non-struck work, including general knowledge trivia, music, and anything else that falls under the non-struck umbrella. This means that pub trivia experience and frenemy trivia, for the most part, will be largely unaffected, but may shift some of the content and purposely swing any questions we write away from being about anything that could constitute struck work. On Boozy Bracketology, you'll see us pivoting to other brackets for the time being, we have a lot of fun topics to debate that aren't movie or TV related, and we are shifting our release schedule around to bring those to you sooner rather than when we had them planned for after the 80s movie bracket. We appreciate everyone's continued support and understanding during all of this. If you have any questions, feel free to email us at contact at pubtriviaexperience.com, join us on Discord at ptebb.com Discord, or on our Facebook group, The Lounge, fans of Pub Trivia Experience and Boozy Bracketology. We'll update everyone if and when more information and clarity becomes available from SAG-AFTRA and the WGA. Alright, you're probably tired of hearing me speak at this point, so without further ado, enjoy this week's episode.
1: Welcome back to Boozy Bracketology. Here at Boozy Bracketology, we believe in three things. Strong drinks, strong opinions, and crowning champions. I am Sarah, and I will be your host. We have a treat for you on this bracket. Not only do we have three amazing panelists, but we will be crowning the champion for the best song by Stone Temple Pilots, also known as STP.
2: Very And exciting. tonight...
1: We-
3: Sorry, already interrupting. My goodness, dude. Was
1: was it that bad?
2: (laughs) No, I just can't keep my mouth shut. Go ahead, Sarah.
1: No, Chris is just a dick. (laughs) (laughs) And this bracket, we are doing in a mini bracket setup, which means we are not bringing you in with around a 64. There's no foreplay with a round of 32, we are diving right into the Sweet 16. And we have so many special treats on board because how could we narrow it down to 16 Stone Temple Pilot songs? We didn't, we have four play-in games. So we're gonna have eight songs fight out for four spots. And as I said, I am here with three amazing panelists and I'm going to let you know who they are now. We are going to start with my friend in Florida. Chris, how are you doing tonight, and what are you drinking?
2: Sarah, I'm doing well, and you're doing a phenomenal job as hostess. Thank you. Uh, I'm doing well. I am having a bottle that I got for Christmas. This is the Jefferson Jefferson's Distillery Chef's Collection. Sorry, Chef's Collaboration. Can't read. Still sober. It is a marriage of bourbon and rye whiskeys, and... Uh, I commented before the show started. I'm like, oh, my God, that smelled like paint thinner. Um, Does not taste like paint thinner, I don't think. If this is what paint thinner tastes like, like, I'm going to have a problem, guys.
1: <laughs> Happy to hear that. Um, we're going to go a little further north and visit our friend in Raleigh, North Carolina. Jeff, do you have any homebrew tonight that I will be jealous of?
4: I do, in fact, have some homebrew. I, it's a... Uh... A chocolate raspberry tropical stout from uh, the Stewhead Brewery right here in my uh, house in Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, I was trying to make an imperial stout, but my mash conversion sucks, so uh did not quite get as much uh, maltiness in it, nor as much alcohol in it as I wanted. Um, clocking it at a nice 6.9%, though, so... Um, Still a good beer. Um, excited to be a part of the Stone Temple Pilots uh, bracket, even though I was never a huge Stone Temple Pilots fan back in the 90s. I think they, uh, they're they a band that, to me, uh, they did a lot of uh, things kind of well, uh, but had a, a, a very versatile catalog, and I think this bracket sh- will show that off a lot. Uh, Mike did a very good job of showing off all of the random things that stone temple pilots could still do very well um yeah you know, they might not be uh, mike trout or a uh, bryce harper of uh, rock bands but they're a very solid ben zobrist of rock bands uh do a, a lot of random stuff really well so uh so excited to kind of get into that here uh in in, in these couple of episodes
1: Well, your beer looks delicious. That color is beautiful and it sounds delicious. And thank you for reminding everybody that it is baseball season. It is baseball time. Spring training is here. Um, And speaking of the great Mike who put together this amazing bracket, as he always does, I'm sure you also have something delicious that I'm always jealous of every time as well.
3: I do, now that the head has finally subsided. Uh, I was showing everybody, uh, when I first poured this beer into the glass, it was almost entirely head. Uh, I had to wait for it to settle down a little bit, uh, but it actually did turn into a very good beer. This is the um, Galactic Unicorn Dreamsicle IPA. It is from Rocket Republic Brewing, uh, just a little west of Huntsville in Madison, Alabama. Uh, but Madison's greater Huntsville area. So um, I've actually been over to the uh, brewery once before and they were they're a really cool spot. So I uh, actually don't even know if they're open right now because that was that was a while ago. That was back when I was still just me in Huntsville before with the family joined me, so it was a little easier. <laughs> but no, it's a it's a uh, I don't necessarily get the the dreamsicle thing a whole lot in the beer but it it does go down very nice and smooth it's only 5.5 percent abv so it's not one of my classic i'm gonna get myself really really drunk on just one beer uh type of selections but yeah no so this um this bracket was a lot of fun to put together i will uh caveat a couple things uh a couple things in fact that i learned while doing this bracket uh Stone Temple Pilots, and I put that in quotation marks, have two albums that are not featured on this bracket. Those two albums are not featured on this bracket because those two albums do not feature Scott Weiland. Uh, They are still recording music, uh, the DeLeo brothers. uh, And I guess I I don't know. I guess Eric Kretz is still the drummer, too. But I remember they kicked Scott Weiland out around 2012, 2013. And obviously, tragically, he's no longer with us uh, anyway. But to me, it's not Stone Temple Pilots without Scott Weiland. No offense to those guys, great musicians. Uh, obviously, uh, you know that they would they did the Army of Anyone side project, the lead singer of Filter, back in the the gap between Stone Temple Pilots. Um, but no, uh, all of the six Stone Temple Pilots albums that did feature Scott Weiland, yes, there were six, uh, are featured on uh, this bracket, and uh, four of them. I couldn't decide I couldn't narrow it down quite enough the first four so each of the first four albums gets a play-in game and uh with that I'll hand it back over to Sarah to get us started
2: hey trivia lovers want to get the pub trivia experience in an interactive way check out liquid courage entertainment with a wide range of offerings online lk has you covered streaming a wide variety of trivia games on twitch with one-of-a-kind formats like tringo guesstimate mega sheep and more Or check out the World Trivia
0: Federation. With 36 hours to answer each quiz and no obligation, the WTF is the perfect solution to scratch that trivia itch on your own time. Come see us at twitch.tv slash liquid underscore courage or check out patreon.com slash liquid courage to join the WTF for as little as $2 a month. That's liquid courage with a K.
2: Innovative, interactive, intoxicating.
1: Thank you. And we're grateful for Nikki and the kids showing up. Otherwise, Mike spends his time at Unicorn Dreamsicle Breweries. So
3: <laughs> I don't think this existed. I don't think they had this when I was there before. But so I think, uni- that they, I, think don't I had their... exist. <laughs> Correct. Unless I <laughs> uh, believe, although they are the national animal of Scotland, I believe. Random fact. Oh, good to know. Chris, is that right? That, didn't that come up on the pub trivia experience once?
2: It did. Great segue, Mike. Uh, Yes, the national animal of Scotland is the unicorn. (laughs) If you like trivia, by the way, find our sister podcast, The Pub Trivia Experience, literally anywhere you get podcasts. Back to Sarah.
1: Thank you, gentlemen. I am so excited for this tonight. Mostly because I have no difficult decisions to make so I can sleep tonight. But as Mike mentioned, we do have four play-in games and we're actually going to start and round out all four before we get into the bracket. This episode will contain the four play-in games and we are going to narrow down those 16 songs to the Elite Eight. The next grouping will bring in the champion. Also, because we have a smaller panel with three panelists, we like to let them have unlimited buzzer beezers, which means if it's a tie going into the final decision that the other panelist gets an opportunity to change someone's mind. Um, those are unlimited. You can speak up. I'll ask when the time comes. Uh, the, the order tonight is going to be Chris, Chris, Jeff and Mike. And we're just gonna dive right into it. And we're gonna start in the top left-hand corner The first play-in game is going to be the song Down versus the song No Way Out, and those are going to move into the round going against the number one seed. So Chris, Down or No Way Out?
2: Yeah, so I'm going to say something controversial right off the bat. Um, The entire album, number four, is not not my least favorite Stone Temple Pilots album. Um, actually, it's one of my least favorite. I actually like, uh, was it Shring la da I think that was their fifth album. I like that more than I like number four. With that being said, one of these songs to me is somewhat forgettable, and the other at least has a really, really amazing guitar. guitar and I call it a solo, because I think there's two guitars at once, but a really, really amazing guitar performance in it, and that's Down. Like, Down is a really, really good hard rock song. And it might be as hard as hard rock that, Stone Temple Pilots really gets, and it's endlessly listenable. No way out. It's fine. Like, if it's on the radio, I'm not turning it off, but I do love Stone Temple Pilots. For me, it's down.
1: All right. So we have one vote for down. Jeff, what are your thoughts?
4: I actually forgot about the existence of the number four album before uh, this bracket came out. We started looking at it. This is a. Oh, yeah, that, that song existed, that Down and that, that Sour Girl song or something, something else. Yeah. I, um, but of course, I had heard Down and Sour Girl on the radio and I had never heard No Way Out before. Um, I put it on. And I actually got a jam to it. I thought it was really cool. Um, the uh, um, The... I could tell they were kind of uh, begging for a uh, a crowd reaction for uh, uh, for a little bit by yelling "Give it away now, motherfucker! Now give it away!" Uh, in the middle for really no good reason. Uh, but I kind of dig that. You know, the, uh, the the I appreciate the thirst from the rock stars to uh, to 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 get some sort of uh, audience reaction for for things. Uh, so I'm actually gonna give it to No Way Out for this one
1: no way out and to start we have a one-one tie mike you get the final say on this unless either of you two want to chime in with a buzzer beater
2: yeah i'll chime in real quick um mike i know you're not like the biggest hard rock fan i know you've got a very eclectic music but we've had that conversation that like really heavy metal is not really your thing uh down is a phenomenal song to me it's like the one song on that album i'm actually going to go back and listen to it's not going to be sour girl spoiler alert for later in this episode it's going to be down with that being said uh, make a choice because honestly looking at this next bracket it's not going to (laughs) matter you're right uh it
3: it really ultimately is not going to matter um I'll be completely, I, you know, it's, I, I think Jeff was probably over there laughing a little bit because Jeff thought of me as the heavy metal guy when we started college. So, uh, mostly because I was really, I really liked Metallica, but I absolutely enjoy a lot of heavier music. Uh, and a lot of these songs on this list are actually really good examples of, I think, heavier music, uh, down being one of them, but I like no way out better. And to be completely honest, uh, off the number four album, which I do agree with Chris, of the first four is probably uh, my least favorite. Uh, but off of that album, I the only reason I put Down on here instead of I Got You, which I think is a much better song, is because Down was the single, and I felt like I should. Uh, but to me, this is definitely no way out. I love the way that it kind of drifts between the the heavier sound, and then kind of like they're just meandering guitars and as Jeff said the, the give it away now motherfucker hook is just it's a lot of fun so uh, sorry Chris uh I am going to vote for no way out to lose in the next round
1: <laughs> and with that our first play in game winner is no way out from the album number
2: oh we lost Sarah
4: we oh,
1: lost no. her.
2: she doesn't know she's
4: lost Uh-oh. either Oh no! Where's where she go? Where'd she uh, go? Can,
1: do, am I really that lost?
4: You're back. Oh, now you're back.
1: You're back. Damn it. <laughs> okay, let me start over.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, fix on the it internet in post
2: exactly.
1: <laughs> At no, a point.
2: you don't get to say "fix it in post" unless you're actually gonna fix it in fucking post.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Chris Fuck was it. warned going we'll to do some extra editing this time around. Okay, am I still here? I don't know what's going on with my computer. No, you're good. Go ahead. Okay. And with that, we have the first winner of the play in games with No Way Out from album number four. We are going to move on to our second play in game from the core album. Jeff, you're going to start with the choices between Cracker Man or Dead and Bloated.
4: This is actually the hardest choice of the first round for me, weirdly, because I kind of feel like these songs are a little bit similar. Uh, I, I think they, they both kind of do the, the heavier grunge thing. I just think Dead and Bloated does it better. Uh, the, there's there's more to Dead and Bloated. Cracker Man just kind of hits a, hits a groove and sits there uh dead and bloated takes you up and down uh and uh i think uh for that it deserves to go on
1: all right with dead and bloated we're moving on to mike what do you say
3: see i i actually disagree with Jeff, almost completely. I think "Dead and Bloated" for for the singles, I think is by far the weakest one, and it to me just has always kind of droned on. I never felt like it had a whole lot of dynamics. Uh, "Cracker Man," it, it. Jeff is correct about that. "Cracker Man" doesn't really it it starts off heavy with like it starts off right right in there, and it keeps you there, and it doesn't it doesn't move around a whole lot, but it's shorter, <laughs> which is a which is a plus, and. I do catch myself frequently doing, uh, singing the Roman 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 part. Uh, one of my cousin's kids, his name is Roman. And I used to sing that all the, I used to sing it to him. I used to sing Roman Roman. Roman. So, uh, I I just think cracker man overall is, is, uh, the better song. Uh, plus I, I, I like the line about he's a man, he's a man, he's a woman too. Like, I think it's like, you know, Scott Weiland lyrically was, uh, and not just that song, but in a couple songs was playing around with, you know, gender fluidity concepts of gender fluidity and stuff like that long before it was quote unquote in vogue. Uh, So uh, I think, I think that makes it for a more interesting song lyrically as well. So I'm voting for cracker man.
1: And with that, we have another tie two rounds in. Do either of you guys want to, Tell Chris what you think he should pick before he goes on
3: it he is a cracker matter. man, so
1: <laughs> this one's on you Chris what do you got uh
2: so i I think it's a little weird that like the if the, if you listen to something on pilots the first song you're gonna hear is dead and loaded um it's the first uh, first song off off of um oh my God core
3: it's written core. on the damn
2: thing core. I know <laughs> I, just, I for some reason mental lapse right there it's the first out it's the first song listen to that you'll hear on that album. Um And it's nowhere near their best showing that album, by the way, is a top five album, top to bottom for me. That album's great. And dead and bloated is not a bad song, but cracker man. I would listen to these lyrics. Cause I think I actually think this is kind of fun. Trippin. As I'm thinking about a boy, his name was Sue. There's a Johnny cash reference. He's a man. He's a man. Cracker man, cracker man. He's a woman too. Like It's just, it's, it's a really fun song. The lyrics are, to me at least when I was listening to it originally, was were somewhat nonsensical, but it's fun. Dead and Bloated? If it's on, I'll probably listen to it. But Cracker Man, to me, is a song I'm going to go back and listen to more often. Cracker Man's the better song. Move it on.
1: And we are going to be moving on Cracker Man. The next round in our play, play-in games are off the Tiny Music album, Lady Picture Show, versus tumble in the
3: rough mike you get to start this one off yeah just just a brief brief comment i was thinking this when we were talking about the number four album about how hilarious it is stone tumble pilots like th- their first two albums both were single word names and then their third album they decided to title tiny music songs from the vatican gift shop which doesn't roll off the tongue at all and then on the fourth album they just say yeah fuck it number four <laughs> sorry total total like stray observation but i was just thinking about that and thought it was funny So. Oh my gosh, Tumble in the rough when that hit the radio and I swear I heard that on the radio a lot, even though according to Wikipedia it was never released as a single, but I felt like DC101 played it a, a fair amount. That song was my jam. I just something about that song I love I loved it. I think it was you know I, I think it was the, the so what that he throws after the chorus. like just so uh, there's something about that that really appeared to appeal to my like 16 year old teenage angsty self. But that was my teenage sixteen angsty self, like I love lady Picture show. I think it's such a beautiful and majestic song I think it's uh it just is, and I love the I love the way it it's it's melodically better, and I love how even though they still have the distortion on the guitars, it just sounds. Beautiful in a way that Stone Topal Palace really could do sometimes on some of their ballads. We'll get to some later, uh, some more later, but um, but in that context, I think these are both great songs. And this actually was a little bit of a difficult choice, but I am giving it to uh, Lady Picture Show.
1: Lady my, Picture my Show picking up his first vote from Mike Chris. Did he get it right?
0: He
2: did. I'm surprised, I can't believe it. Um, no, so. Lady Picture Show. I, I did some research on this a little bit earlier because I, I was not a huge fan of either of these songs. But Lady Picture Show has a, a kind of depressing uh, inspiration behind it. If you get a chance to go read about what that what was going through Scott Weiland's head as he composed the lyrics to it, it's depressing as hell. But uh, it's the better song. It's 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 catchier. I'll listen to it a lot more often. Move it on.
1: And with that, Lady Picture Show is going to move on. But we always want to hear what all of our panelists have to say. So, Jeff, what's your thoughts on this?
4: So, since my vote here doesn't matter, I wanted to take a uh, opportunity to
3: re-
4: discuss the puzzling attitude that a lot of critics had towards Stone Temple pilots. For some reason, and I don't really know why, Stone Temple Pilots was the grunge band that critics just absolutely loved to hate is too weak of a word, just loathe with every fiber of their being, Uh, and, and it led to some... Review moments that I think this might be the worst review I have ever read for any album ever. Both in terms of how much it savages the album and how poorly it ages from an album that really doesn't deserve it. And it's it's the the Tiny Music uh, review for uh, from Pitchfork. Um, Now, I mean, I'm not sure what I expected out of a uh, website that probably thinks that the best band of the 1990s was Neutral Milk Hotel, but (laughs) the uh, um, Pitchfork wrote about Tiny Music, and I will will quote this, uh, try not to cringe, as you are listening. There's nothing for sale at the Vatican gift shop, but lousy, repetitive riffs, wimpy lyrics, and a drug-addled son of a bitch that should have OD'd a long time ago. The only thing even vaguely appealing about this smelly hunk of digital turd is all the heroin jokes it allows you to make up about Scott Weiland. Don't listen to Pishfork, folks. That's really the uh the the moral of the story here. Um, as for the song, uh I'll over tumble in the rough just to be contrarian, but uh that's really all I had to say here. <laughs>
1: I do not want to meet the person that hates Stone Temple Pilots. They also probably hate puppies. They're
3: and now probably we'll... a rock
4: critic, well.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and and probably all that heroin. It's it's Jeff. That that is actually a very fine example for for folks that stumble on Pitchfork in the in the post like I would say two thousand five two thousand six era. There, it's genuinely surprising they got much less snarky than they were in the beginning. And that, that quote is one definite proof of it. It's amazing to think about, but they actually did.
1: (laughs) And with that, we are going to move on to our last play in game. This one's off the album purple and it is between pretty penny and still remains. And Chris, I want to hear your thoughts on this one.
2: Yeah, I don't have any eloquent speech here. Uh, first off, that review did not age well at all. Um, that is a tasteless and easy joke to make, and it it's proving in later years why you don't make jokes like that because like, we we literally lost one of the best yep. vocalists from a rock band perspective that my generation has ever seen because he couldn't conquer his demons. That's not funny. If you find that kind of stuff funny, you're listening to the wrong podcast because... I think I speak for three of the four of us. I never speak for Sarah because she's a woman and she has her own mind. Damn it! But like, right? I, that's that's not cool. With that being said, uh, one of these songs is forgettable to me. The other one is at least it's it, it's not Stone Temple Pilots. Like it just doesn't sound like something I've heard them really do in the past. Uh, Pretty Penny is an interesting song. I will not say that it's like oh, it's my favorite. But you know what? It's very, very interesting. It's not like anything else that they do or anything else that they've done. It's it's at least something new that I had not heard them do before. Still Remains isn't. I, I've heard Still Remains been done by them before, and it's been done better in other songs that are actually on this bracket. So, no, I'm going Pretty Penny.
1: That is a vote for Pretty Penny. And you can always speak for me when you don't stay, say stupid shit. And you just spoke for four out of four of us in this group. So thank you. And uh, Jeff, Pretty Penny or Still Remains?
4: Um, so in terms of trying to make this decision, obviously I listened to all of these songs uh, over the course of the past couple of days. Um, I I like Pretty Penny. It's still kind of stuck in my head a little bit. Uh, I listened to Still Remains yesterday and couldn't tell you how it goes. I, I've completely forgotten it already it's uh it, it's a forgettable song I, I i kind of uh echo chris here in saying that yeah we've heard it before nothing stands out about it it's just there pretty penny is a yeah it's a pretty song it's uh um yeah I mentioned at the top of the podcast about stone temple pilots versatility and how they're capable to just shift back and forth among various genres that uh and Pretty Penny is a perfect example of that. Um, so yeah, move Pretty Penny along.
1: Pretty Penny is going to be moving along, but it's not the end until we hear from Mike.
3: So this was this particular play-in game was the one place where I allowed myself to be a little self-indulgent because by all rights, we're picking songs from two songs from purple. This should be Pretty Penny versus Unglued. Um, because those got radio airplay still remains just happens to be my favorite Stone Temple pilot song. So I put it on, (laughs) I put it on, uh, on the off chance. It would find a little traction, a little love. I just think, I think it's one of the most beautiful love songs I've ever heard. Um, and just, I think the lyrics are so evocative and tactile and interesting. And, uh, and I just, I think that they're, riff just like kind of glides under underneath it and it makes it all you know just so beautiful to me uh so i was but i was prepared to have my heart broken and i can't really complain because i think pretty penny is a fantastic song also and not just because my second daughter is named penny that doesn't hurt um yeah purple chris mentioned earlier uh, just a brief side purple that core was top five albums for him purple is i don't know if it'd be top five because i just listen to a whole fuck ton of albums but purple definitely favorite stones of a pilots album and certainly one of my formative albums in the 90s it would still probably rank in my top 20 there were a lot of heartbreakers that i couldn't make it onto this list um army Ants, silver gun superman to name two others that that uh I would have loved to have made it on this list, but I had to, you know, broaden it a little bit. We we really could have done a 32, but I felt like 16 was probably probably enough. I think, I think we're going to uh, see that further as we narrow it down. So, obviously, my vote is for Still Remains. Uh, Pretty Penny, though, is moving on. I do really like Pretty Penny as well, and uh, I guess we'll be talking about it again when it comes up again in the next round.
1: We will be talking about it again, and that was a beautiful story. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, So with that, we have rounded out the winners of the play-in games and we are going to jump right into the Sweet 16. We are going to start in the upper left-hand corner of our bracket with the number one seed plush against the number eight seed, winner in the play-in game, no way out. And Jeff, you get to start this one
4: it's interesting looking at this bracket that uh you know with all of these these varied uh songs and all all of this uh these songs pulled from different parts of stp's career that there's just a very clear top 2 <laughs> in this bracket so the two number one seeds plush and interstate love song are i mean the ones that i think when people think of stone temple pilots oh one of those two songs is going to come to your head uh <laughs> my uh my favorite memory of plush was when we saw them at uh, music midtown uh that was 01 i think uh mike i know you were there um
3: ah uh, and... 2
4: zo2 okay yeah. um they uh they obviously they played this song and uh you know goes from the the verse to the pre-chorus and then back to the intro riff do 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 Literally everybody in the city of Atlanta after the first pre-chorus went straight into <laughs> "Where are the dogs? You find it!" and like got about to that point before they realized that Scott wyland was not singing along with them. Uh, it's uh, I I love the fact that it's it, it's this incredibly well-played song that everyone knows and is still able to pull the rug out from under you like that as a, as a fan of the song uh, so yeah I'm just gonna vote Plush here it will probably be moving along and we'll get to talk about it more later
1: alright that is a vote for Plush Mike Plush or No Way Out <laughs>
3: I, I'm sorry, but no way out had no way out of the first round of, uh, will take the alto. Ta- go ahead and take the obvious pun since Jeff's punnage is much more clever than mine, which is why he just let it, let it drift by. No, uh, yeah. Uh, plush hands down. We're going to be probably talking about it through several, <laughs> several rounds of this, uh, this particular brag Cause as Jeff said, it is one of the songs that is quintessential stones of a pilots. It's a song that everybody thinks of when they think of the band, um, it's a fantastic song and uh, I'll be interested to see who it faces off against in the next round.
1: The number one seed plush is moving on to the next round, but it wouldn't be the same if we didn't hear from Chris.
2: So uh, there are artists and, and bands and performers that are, that get really ridiculously recognized for one performance. And like uh, there's a uh, queen uh, at I, I can't remember the name the the uh, the AIDS benefit um, what was it called Mike? Oh, you're putting me on the spot. Um, Live Aid. Live Aid, yeah. Queen yeah. at Live Aid. There's Nirvana on MTV Unplugged. And for Stone Temple Pilots, it's in 1992, an acoustic version of "Plush" on the Headbangers Ball, uh, recording on MTV. If you want to know why I hold Scott Weiland in such high regard, this is... I'm not sure if it's... He's not, like, full on in his dependency yet. This is literally him at the beginning of Stone Temple Pilots showing off his range and showing off the emotion and the inflection in his voice with nothing but a single guy playing an acoustic guitar. And the lyrics of the song are haunting. Like the, the, Again, the... As I get older, one of the things that I'm doing is I'm going back and listening to the songs that I, I heard when I was younger. And I'm actually, like, Googling the meaning of these songs. And there's a theme in a lot of Stone Temple Pilots songs that are just depressing as hell. And this is another one. It's it's depressing. But that performance alone is iconic. If you have not seen uh, Stone Temple Pilots at the Headbangers Ball, it's on, it's on YouTube. You can find it. The vocal performance by Scott Weiland there is amazing. Uh, and it's just it's another sad reminder of uh, what could have been if demons didn't get the better of him. I'm going to go on this tangent for a while now. I, I I'm losing Scott Wyland the way we did, and as as young as we did, just hurt that that actually really hurt because he was in, insanely talented. Move plush along.
1: We are going to move plush along. The next matchup is the number four seed Vaseline. Against the number five seed, Sour Girl. And Mike, let's hear from you.
3: So I went back and listened to both these songs today. I've obviously heard both of these songs plenty of times, but I went back and listened both of them today because I was leaning very much toward Sour Girl uh, because I remember how much I really liked that song. Uh, But I kind of realized, and it's not that Sour Girl isn't a good song, but I realized that so much of my affinity for that song really comes from my affinity for Sarah Michelle Geller around the turn of the century because she was in that video, and that was just such a cool video. Uh, but uh, sour girl, it's it's a fine song, you know, I mean, Wyland's vocal performance is always great. I like the the uh, instrumentation in it, I think is is really good. But, Vaseline's a banger like that thing comes out like the guitar solo in that song that DeLeo Dean DeLeo plays is insane like like, it's just amazing and like Vaseline is such it's it's a more interesting song the way it like bounces up and down the way it the way it does and uh, you know Sour Girl I like the way I like it but it does just kind of drift along a little bit and never really goes anywhere Vaseline is is a total banger, and it, it is one that you definitely want to sing along to, and you can yell some of the parts of it at the top of your lungs. So uh, I was originally going to vote for Sour Girl, but after re listening to these songs, I was reminded just how freaking awesome Vaseline is, I am voting for Vaseline.
1: That is a vote for Vaseline, and I learned I'm not Mike's favorite Sarah, but that's okay because Sarah Michelle Geller is cooler than I am by far. Uh, Grits. What's your thoughts on not Sarah Michelle Gellar or me, but Vaseline or Sour Girl?
2: Okay, so I can't actually talk about how I thought she was actually a perfectly adequate Daphne in the Scooby-Doo movie. We're going to move beyond that. We're going to move beyond that. No, Vaseline's the better song. Sour Girl's fine. Um, I actually have a a soft spot for Vaseline, but uh, I don't need to sell it here. So I am just going to move Vaseline along.
1: And Vaseline will be moving along. Jeff, what's your thoughts on these two songs?
2: I think
4: uh, y'all got it right. <laughs> um, for one thing, "Sour Girls" got some nice earworm to it. It's constantly stuck in my head a lot. Uh, "Vaseline" is uh, is a, a great song, and uh, Chris mentioned in the last round about the darkness behind a lot of Scott Weiland's lyrics, and "Vaseline" really, you know. I, I never gave Weiland enough credit as a lyricist during stone temple pilots run, but you go back and you read some of these, uh, these lyrics and you realize that this song is about him slipping into his heroin addiction and not being able to tell anyone and living a lie, basically, uh, you know, feeling stuck like a fly in Vaseline. It's man, that's, that's, a it's an image that's unexpected and Pretty poignant for for what it, for the song that it is. Um, I also wanted to uh, to bring up the fact that apparently, according to an interview that Weiland gave sometime after the fact, uh, the 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 phrase f- "flies in the Vaseline" came from a mishearing of the uh, the Eagles' song "Life in the Fast Lane," where uh, the uh, uh, his parents had put on "Life in the Fast Lane," and he was convinced that they were singing "flies in the Vaseline." Uh, so I throw that little tidbit out there for you, uh, as we move Vaseline on to the next round.
1: (laughs) And with the first sweep on the bracket, Vaseline knocks out sour girl. We're going to move on to your number three seed tripping on a hole in a paper heart and against the number six seed. Wonderful. Chris, let's hear from you on this one.
2: Okay, so you guys, if you've listened to this podcast before, you know that I actually, I vote a lot on Emotion. Um, Wonderful, I think, is a wonderful song, and the reason this song gets me is because, uh, again, go back and listen to the reason why he wrote it. So he wrote this while he was still married to his second wife, uh, Scott Weiland did, and the lyrics to this song are actually pretty, to me, very, very haunting. You know, it's, let's see here, it's... I want to ask you to forgive me. I haven't been the best with all that I, ha- I haven't been the best with all that I have. Wish I'd only laid beside you. I think I spread myself a little too thin as I'm falling out. I wonder what I lost must be moving on. Know that I'll be waiting here alone. The song is about a, a guy trying to come to terms with what would happen if he left his wife too early or God forbid something happened to her and left him alone. The song is haunting. That album is not that album is not great. Wonderful forces me to think about what my life would be like without my wife and, or God forbid, what her life would be if I wasn't here. And it scares the shit out of me. And that's what some art should do. Wonderful is, to me, an amazing song. Um, I know it's on an album that a lot of people don't go revisit, and that's a shame because this song doesn't get the play it deserves. It's a great song. And you know what? I'll say this. So Scott Weiland said this as well, but this he said this is his favorite ballad. Damn it. Does anyone do a better ballad from the grunge movement than Stone Temple Pilots? Like, their ballads are amazing. Move Wonderful along in my humble opinion.
1: And that is a vote for Wonderful. Jeff, what are your thoughts?
4: So I, I appreciate Chris's uh, uh speech in favor of wonderful because uh you know going into this i uh was thinking well it's not even the best song named wonderful to come out in that two-year period uh the uh the, the fact is that it's, it's a lyric yeah as chris said it's a lyrically excellent song that's musically lacking to me i think it's uh, uh and it's up against a song that I've always had a soft spot for. I, I don't know what it is about. I, I can't really explain what it is about "Tripping on a Hole in a Paper Heart that I love. It's just, it's fun and bouncy. And, uh, again, that fun and bounciness hides some pretty dark themes about drug use and uh, uh you know this thread is going to to be going throughout this whole uh whole bracket i suppose um so i'm gonna give my vote to uh tripping on a hole in a paper heart but i want to thank chris for giving me a little bit more respect for the stone temple pilots wonderful and uh maybe it's not quite so far behind the everclear song of the same name in uh in my heart now but uh um but uh Still not quite there to for me to give it this vote.
2: Jeff, so. when this is all over, please don't tell me everything is wonderful now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just pr- surprised you brought up Everclear in a wound that is still so fresh for Chris.
2: I don't want to hear you say that I'll understand someday, Jeff. I don't.
4: <laughs> you know, and I think that maybe, maybe you know you're talking about losing your wife. I, you know, having been through a divorce that involved a child, the the Everclear song will always be just like I cannot make it through Everclear's Wonderful without just turning into a sobbing little baby.
2: I can see like, that.
4: Like I, I'm about two thirds of the way through. I need a box of tissues. I'm I'm sorry. <laughs>
2: I can see that.
1: So we have a tie. If anyone wants to use a buzzer beater, feel free. I think you both made actually really, really good cases on that one. Um, So, Mike, this tough decision is up to you. Who is going to move on?
3: So uh, Shangri-La-Di-Da is the one Stone Timber Pilots album that I never really got into I listened to it once maybe twice back when it originally came out and it just didn't didn't do a whole lot for me so I sort of set it aside and never revisited it and uh coming back around to this bracket I just threw on uh I originally threw on I was between Days of the Week and Hollywood Bitch was really the two singles and I originally threw on Days of the Week and then I was like ah eh, maybe I'll throw on Hollywood Bitch because that one just sticks out a little more and Chris said Why Not Wonderful which is a song I'd completely forgotten about uh, because I'd only listened to the album, you know, that those few times almost 20 years ago. And I went back and revisited it. And it's a damn good song. It really is. It is, as it is, as Chris said, lyrically, I think it's amazing. Like, You're the Wonder and Everything That's Wonderful is such a beautiful sentiment. Uh, and I, and lyrically, just across the board, I think that song is more poetic, probably, than tripping on a Hole in a Paper Heart is from a lyrical perspective, but ultimately I agree with Jeff. I think, uh, from a pure poetry perspective, wonderful would probably win, but musically, I don't think it holds up nearly as well as tripping on a hole in a paper heart does. That song was another one of my jams when that album came out and it's still, it probably to me of all the songs on that album, uh, holds up, the best of all the songs on Tiny Music, I, I just think it's it's a jam, and that that raging guitar solo in the middle is just like amazing. But just like, but the way it just starts off and it rips you right in, like the the guitars. I love the way the guitars crunch in that song. It's it's just I love the music of that song so much, and so ultimately, I do have to give my vote to Trippin' on a Hole and Paper Heart. But, but I am very thankful to Chris for. Uh exposing me to Wonderful. And I think that I do need to go back and give that full album another revisit. Uh <laughs> Chris is shaking his head. He's like, No, Wonderful's good. You're, you're done. But uh, but no, Wonderful at least is a song. I will definitely be coming back to do some more because I do think it is actually a very good song.
1: All right, and with that vote, tripping on a hole in a paper heart is moving on. The last choice in this side of the bracket we have your number two seed creep against the play in game winner the seven seed cracker man jeff what do you think
4: so for some reason during uh 1997 1998 dc 101 decided to play creep a lot which you know wasn't off of the album that was out at that time they just figured uh what the heck we'll just throw it back to this song and throw it up there on the radio a lot and uh so it kind of became an in-joke in our uh carpool to uh to to sing along with the chorus but to change the number so the chorus is i'm half the man i used to be yeah and uh the background vocals come on come on after that but you know, being good nerds that we were, we would uh, we would change that up and end up singing things like, "I'm square root of two of the man I used to be," "I'm, I'm pi over four of the man I used to be," "I'm h bar over certain? two of the man I used to be." That was real small there. Uh, you barely, barely even a quantum of the man you used to be there at that point. Uh, oh God. So, um,
2: <laughs>
4: I'm, I'm going to give it to Creep here. Possibly for nostalgic reasons uh possibly just to commemorate the uh the uh the fun we had in our carpool uh my junior year but uh, i've got a gotta vote for creep just because of that
1: that is a vote for creep and a reminder that if you want to carpool with Jeff, you have to learn math. <laughs> So moving on. <laughs> Mike Creep or Cracker So
3: just 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 for context, uh Jeff and my high school's fight song uh was literally fight fight for science and tech and the glory of TJ High. Yes, it was a nerd school. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, Oh my gosh. Oh, that's great. And no, knowing who was in Jeff's at least some of the people that were in Jeff's carpool actually makes that even better. But um, no, so for me, Creep was actually the first Stone Temple Pilots song I ever heard, or at least the first Stone Temple Pilots song I remember hearing and being like, uh, and, and knowing, okay, this is Stone Temple Pilots. That's the name of this band that does this song. This is a cool song. Uh, I was... A little, you know, as I think we discussed in uh, in other podcast in the '90s alternative podcast or in the Nirvana podcast, um, because I was a, I was just I didn't turn, become a teenager until '94, so I was I was a little late in terms of getting into the alternative rock scene. So I was probably still about two or three years away from really diving headlong into that uh, when Core came out. And but my buddy Aaron was really into Stone Temple Pilots, and so he uh, played me that song one time and. I loved it. I think Creep is such an interesting song. I did I, I lyrically I was always just like I don't really know if the lyrics like form a a story per se but they all form a co- they all have formed the foundation of a cohesive feeling. And that was something that really rang true to me about that song. Um for a long, for a long time, I held it in higher esteem than I than I do now. It's drifted somewhat um, in in terms of where I would rank it in the Stonesville Pilots pantheon. But ultimately, I do uh, have to put it on put it ahead of Cracker Man, even though I do think that's also a very interesting song. I think Creep is more iconic and. Um, And it does have that extremely memorable uh, chorus, as Jeff pointed out, uh, with or without the mathematical permutations. So I'm voting for Creep.
1: With or without mathematical permutations? You guys are still my favorite nerds. (laughs) Um, So with that, Creep is going to move on. But Chris, do you have anything to add to this?
2: Uh, Cracker man is fine. Creep is a song that there are a handful of songs that will just randomly pop into my head. And two of those songs are from creep. It, it's the, it's creep twice. It's take time with the wounded hand because it likes to steal. And it's the freaking chorus like those will always for some reason or one way or another just pop into my head. I'm not saying creeps a great song. It's not a great song. I think it's pretty, the lyrics are pretty simplistic and it's pretty obvious what the song is about. It's about if I'm understanding this right, I'm assuming it's about like being a teenager and like growing up and kind of fighting between being older and being the younger version of who you are. Uh, that's my interpretation. I don't, don't know if that's what it's actually about. If I'm wrong, someone will tell me boozy bracketology at gmail.com boozy brackets on it, Twitter boozy Facebook and Instagram. With that being said, no creep is the better song. Move it along.
1: And with the sweep, we're moving on creep. I should have been a lyricist, obviously. (laughs) Now we're going to move on to the upper right-hand corner of our bracket, which is your number one seed, Interstate Love Song, versus the play-in game winner, the eight seed of Lady Picture Show. Mike, we're going to start with you on this one.
3: I spoke a little bit about Lady Picture Show and the play-in game, uh, and I really do love that song. I think it's beautiful and and haunting and all those great things that Stone Temple Pilots uh, could do really well, especially in their balladry, but... um, when I heard interstate love song for the first time, I don't, I don't necessarily distinctly recall if it was the first time or, and I, I don't recall like necessarily a specific moment per se, but I remember like the way that song starts, it's got like this vaguely like Southern rockish type of vibe. And then the distorted guitars come in and Wyland's voice might never sound better on any other song than it does on that song. I just think that like when he hits the leaving on a Southern train part, it's just, it lifts me every time. I think that is a phenomenal song. Uh, And it was, it was the first song that even though I, like I said, I'd heard, I'd heard creep um, before and I've been going, yeah, this, this song's fine, but it hadn't really inspired me to seek out stone Temple pilots. I went and bought, purple just because of interstate love song and then i was like oh these three other songs that i've also heard on the radio and also like are also by stone temple pallets i just never made that connection before and then the 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 love affair began but it really all started with interstate love song it's beautiful it's quintessential stone temple pallets that gets my vote all the way
1: all right so that is a vote for interstate love song chris what do you think
2: I said a lot during the uh the Boozy Bracketology nineties alt rock bracket, but Interstate Love Song is not my favorite Stone Temple Pilot song. But it's the better song here. It's more iconic. It's uh like again, go back to the meaning of the lyrics. It it kind of falls in line with I think most of the lyrics that Scott Weiland has written. It's about concealing drug use and, and all that fun stuff from his bandmates and it's from his family and everything, but The song is catchy. It's well put together. It's got... I think it does... Mike, I think you're right. I think it mixes genres throughout it. I don't think it just leaves the Southern rock at the beginning. I think that that kind of influence is there throughout the entirety of the song. It's a better song. Move it along. I'm going to stop telling you what to do, Sarah, because I am not going to mansplain brackets to you.
1: I am going to move it along. Interstate Love Song is moving along. And Chris, I will always do anything you tell me to... Not, Uh, but we are not done because we still want to hear from Jeff and see is this a sweep.
4: So, so Mike brought up the uh, the Southern Rock uh, foundation of Interstate Love Song, which I've always appreciated. It makes me think of, as someone who has lived in the South for fifteen, I think so like longer than that now 18 years now uh and you know went to school in the south for four years before that and has a mom from arkansas uh i i mean i i'm quite familiar with the south if that if that wasn't clear and so when you get some sort of non-southern actor on the screen trying to like fake ass have a southern accent it's it's always just kind of like one notch above unlistenable, right? It's 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 one of those things where it's like, no, no fucking southerner talks like that. What are you doing? And so I think it is a testament to Scott Wyland's talent that he can pull off kind of sounding southern. <laughs> this was the first stone temple pilot song I heard. And I was legitimately surprised to hear that they were from California because I could have pegged stop. Weiland as having been a, uh, a, a, probably not South Carolina with that accent, but you know, hill country, North Carolina or Georgia accent there. The, that that he actually has a little bit of on this song. It, It it's, it's impressive. It's, understated enough that it's uh that that it's subtle it's not in your face like i'm trying to be all southern like some of the actors try to do it's really really just well done and again it's uh it's how talented scott wyland was that he was able to to slip in and out of some of these uh these these various genres and pull off a convincing ronnie van zant impression Hmm. uh so uh um give it to interstate love song give it the sweep move it along
1: and since you all told me what to do i'm going to do just that and we are going to move along interstate love song the next matchup is going to start with my friend chris and it is between the number four seed the big empty and the number five seed big bang baby chris what are your thoughts
2: Yeah, the Big Bang Baby is a really, really fun song, actually. I actually really do like it. But Big Empty is a song that got me into Stone Temple Pilots. Uh, it might be my favorite Stone Temple Pilots song. I think it's it's a ballad that's uh, meaningful. I think we can all kind of relate to, to what Scott's trying to talk through when it comes to relationships throughout the entirety of that song. It's catchy as hell. It's the song of Stone Temple Pilots, that if it's on, I am never, ever, ever turning it off. Um, unless maybe Everclear Santa Monica came on, that would be a different story. Uh, hell of a callback there, Chris. Go listen to the uh, the Boozy Bracketology version of the 90s alt-rock bracket. No, the Big Empty is the better song. It it's, has a very, very special place in my heart. Although I will say this, it's one of those songs that I've tried to look up the actual meanings for. I can't find Scott Weiland ever actually talking about what the meaning of the song is. He seems to love talking about the meaning of all the other songs. I can't find this one anywhere. But no, uh, this is the song that was my entry to Stone Temple Pilots, and it wasn't in, like, 1994 when this album came out. It was much, much, much later. Uh, We're talking probably 2002. But this song caused me to dive into the rest of Stone Temple Pilots' catalog, and I've been obsessed since. Uh, Big Empty is the better song, and to me it's not close.
1: That is a vote for the big empty, and maybe that's the joke. He's just not giving any meaning to this song.
2: Well, Scott Weiland was known for being hilarious. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: Jeff, what are your thoughts on this one?
4: Well, this is this is uh, this is a really big matchup here. Pause for laughter.
3: Uh, <laughs> I'd love to uh, pretend that wasn't intentional. <laughs>
4: i know what you were thinking mike uh (laughs) anyway um i want to give a shout out to the uh, big bang baby lyric uh, sell your soul and sign an autograph uh you can kind of get a get a sense of where scott wyland's head was when tiny music came out because of uh of of that one lyric right there like uh everyone kind of struggles with being famous obviously Kurt cobain clearly did Uh, a lot of uh the grunge movement folks did uh never really thought of scott wyland as being that kind of guy but obviously it was having an effect and uh may well have been what led to some of the addiction that killed them so uh yeah i I think that's a good window into someone's soul that having been said big empty is just the better song uh it's uh as chris chris said it's uh a great ballad from a, uh, the uh, grunge movements. One of the best balladeers I'm, I'm going to, going to have a little set aside for Alice in Chains here, because I think the couple of ballads that they do, they don't do a lot of ballads, but when they do, it makes you wish that they never figured out what an electric guitar was. Uh, Pick up the jar of flies album. Uh, Alison Chain's uh, EP that uh, is most all are mostly acoustic. It's some some of the best stuff to come out of the grunge movement. Uh, with that digression, uh, "Big Empty" is just such a great song uh, that uh, that I have to give it its second vote here.
1: And with that vote, the Big Empty is moving on. But Mike, I'd love to hear your thoughts on these two th- songs as well. And please, no dad jokes. I'm just kidding. Love dad jokes. The More dad jokes, the better.
3: <laughs> you know, uh, no, I don't have any dad jokes. I don't think of, but although some might pop out just unwittingly. But uh, what Jeff was talking about, some of the lyrics to Big Bang Theory. Another one that popped: it, Big Bang Theory, Big Bang Baby. <laughs> Other oh, wrong song, <laughs> Big Bang Baby. Uh, one of the other ones that popped into my head was uh, when he says, does anybody know how the story really goes or do they all just hum along? It's kind of it, – which is very similar to when Cobain was singing in, in Bloom about he's the one who likes all our pretty songs that he doesn't know what it means. Uh, so, yeah, I definitely think uh, that Weiland was probably in a similar mind space in a lot of ways uh, to what some of uh, – nirvana was singing about as well in terms of well that was before they were famous but in terms of just the general the general sense of being an artist and having to live having wanting to be an artist and having to deal with being a celebrity and like there's a lot of stuff uh going on uh in that song in big bang baby i think um and you know i i dig big bang baby a lot like i almost said theory again damn it (laughs) i do i i definitely think it's one of the better songs on tiny music uh i just kind of agree with my fellow panelists big empty is the better song uh and we'll be talking more about it later so i won't digress too much on it now
1: perfect and with this sweep big empty is moving on our next matchup is your number three seed wicked garden against the number six seed take a load off jeff what do you have to say on these two
4: you know, I never really thought that much one way or the other about Wicked Garden. Uh, I think it was on a Nissan commercial or something. Uh, the uh, uh, I'd also never heard of Take a Load Off before this bracket, and apparently it's on an album that I didn't even know existed either. Uh, so sure, I'm just going to vote for Wicked Garden here because... Uh, I actually think it's one of Stone Temple Pilots more recognizable songs, possibly because I think it wasn't an ad. Uh, But I listened to Take a Load Off, and I was just kind of underwhelmed, I guess. It was meh. Uh, So Wicked Garden gets the vote.
1: With a very emphatic vote for Wicked Garden. Mike, what's your thoughts on these two?
3: So, yes, Stones of Pilots did have a sixth album. Uh, they broke up after Shangri-La-Di-Da. Uh, Scott Weiland went off and did the Velvet Revolver project with, uh, mo- with like, what, three-fifths of Guns N' Roses. And uh, the DeLeo brothers went off, and like I said earlier, and did uh, the Army of Anyone project with Filter. And then they got back together and recorded one more album. And I will was still self-titled.
4: maintain to this day that Velvet Revolver is better than Guns N' Roses.
3: Ah, ah. No argument well, here. We're, we're not going to get, we're not going to go down that path, but, um, <laughs> not, not, not in this context anyway, but, uh, but, but to bring it back, like what Stone of the pilots, they did have a sixth album and it was actually not bad. It had some good songs on it. Um, my, my favorite song off of it was actually a, a ballad called Maver, the final track off of, off of it. Um, but again, I was trying to focus on the singles and the single that there were two singles off the album and the one that stuck out in my head more when I was making this bracket was take a load off. But then I went back and listened to the the other single, which was between the lines. And actually, I think between the lines is probably the better song. Um, but uh, neither of those songs were going to beat Wicked Garden. Uh, I think Wicked Garden is a great song. And uh, speaking of tremendous vocal performances, I think once in the probably hundred times of me singing along to Wicked Garden in the car, I think one time I managed to pull off the i e i e i e i e i at the very at the very end. The second time he does it at the end of that song, without having to catch my breath, and it was no one was around, so no one will ever believe me. But uh, just like the just like the one time I actually managed to nail the chorus to Take on Me by Aha, um, no one will ever believe me that those two things happened. But I swear they did. <laughs> Wicked Garden. It's a awesome song. It's a great vocal performance. Moving on.
1: I always believe you. And with that, we are gonna move Wicked Garden on. But as always, we still want to hear from Chris.
2: No, Wicked Garden is moving on. But there's something that kind of tinged me a little bit when I was talking last time, and I want to bring this up. So, uh, yeah, Scott Weiland's last album with uh, the band was 2010. It was released. Um, I think he died, I think it was 2013, was the year he passed away, from that mistake. And He was touring with a different band. I don't remember what band it was with. But neither here nor there. Uh, in 2013, Stone Temple Pilots went out and did an EP with another now sadly deceased singer, Chester Bennington, the lead singer of Linkin Park. Um, that EP is amazing. I'm trying to look it up right now, what the name of it is. Uh, High Rise. High Rise. That EP is actually really solid. That reminds you that you know Scott Weiland was an amazing vocalist. Chester is actually an amazing, was it ama- was an amazing vocalist. Who there's this trend in rock music, damn it, where we keep losing the most talented vocalists that we have, and it sucks.
4: Yeah, Chris Cornell too.
2: Yeah, uh- yeah, Chris Cornell's up there. Um, even not even vocalists. Look at Dimebag Daryl with Pantera. I mean, there's there's a lot. Uh, with that being said. Wicked Garden is the iconic song. Uh, and the, the, that might be one of my favorite Scott Weiland lyrical performances. I have no idea what the song is about. No idea whatsoever. I actually never bothered to look it up. But you know what's in my head is burn, burn down, burn your wicked. That's in my head consistently, constantly. For some reason, there are more earworms with Stone Temple Pilots than there are with maybe any other band. Uh, Their songs consistently get stuck in my head. Wicked Garden is on that list, and I don't know why. It's not my favorite song, but it's always there. Wicked Garden should definitely move on here.
1: And Wicked Garden is moving on with a sweep, which so far on this right side of the bracket, every winner has been a sweep. Is that going to continue to the last pick? It is the number two seed, sex-type thing, Against the playing game winner, the seven seed, pretty penny, Mike, start us off
3: uh, you know again, i was I really thought this was gonna be between still remains and sex type thing, which was gonna be a lot easier uh. Sex-Type Thing's never been my favorite uh, Stones of a Pilot song. Uh, Actually, my very first exposure to Sex-Type Thing was in the uh, Alternative Polka by Weird Al Yankovic (laughs) off of the Amazing Bad Hair Day album. So I would like to point out that of all... Stone Temple Pilots entire discography, sex type thing was the one that made it onto a onto a weird owl album in some capacity, which is pretty cool. Uh so so there's a small part of my head that still hears like the bouncy, the bouncy equiding here. I come, I come, I come, I come, like so. I do still have that like kind of in the in the back of my head, even though at this point I in my life I probably listened to sex type thing, the actual song a lot more. Uh I I like it. It's not my favorite off of the of the singles off of the album. In fact, it's probably my least favorite of the singles off of the album. Uh, core. Uh, I do think I do like uh, the underlying message of sex type thing, which I think is fairly straightforward. Although I think that it suffers from being too easily misinterpreted, um, which drags it down somewhat. Um, and I, and I think there's, I actually think there was probably even some controversy around it at the time. I don't specifically recall. I think as much as I like the song, I think pretty penny is a more interesting song. I like the musical interlude in the middle of that song. I love the way the acoustic guitars sound and, uh, the hand drums in Pretty Penny, I think, also really cool and set the mood really nicely. Uh, it, uh, Eric Kretz doesn't get enough credit for his drumming, I think, on this band. But like the he, the way that he could transition between smashing the hell out of the the snare and the cymbals, and then playing those the hand drums uh, depending on what the song uh, called for, uh, I think is very underrated. Um, Yeah. I think, I, I think I'm still going to vote against sex type thing here and uh, give my vote to pretty penny.
1: And with one vote for pretty penny, we're going to move this on to Jeff. What do you say?
2: No, I'm sorry,
1: Chris, we're going to, we're going to go to you first, then Jeff, we're going to start with Chris next though. Yeah. That's what I thought.
2: I'm glad you're starting with me next. Um, I'm going to do one of those things that Stephen Ford hates. <laughs> in the Insult, fact, bare naked ladies. <laughs> <laughs> um Mike said everything I was going to say so there's not a whole lot of point there's not a lot of point in re- rehashing what he said. Um but one of the things that I like about sex type thing is that it it brings the whole, the argument and the, the talk about sexism and control and abusive power in a relationship. And it puts it like it's right in your face. And you're, Mike, you're 100% right. Like, it's easy to misinterpret what that song's about. But for anyone that's not like of that abusive mindset, like it's pretty obvious that this song is not about sex at all. It's about an abuse of power. It's a, it's about uh, controlling someone to the nth degree. And it's not my favorite Stone Temple Pilot song. I don't like this song at all, actually. I won't go back and listen to it. But I think for the simple fact that Pretty Penny is a better song, I think Sex Type Thing is a more important song. Because it does make you rethink actions not maybe not maybe actions that you take but it makes you contextualize parts of youth and put them into different places and jeff you can shake your head all you want my friend uh the, i get to vote how i want uh no i i'm gonna go with sex type thing i'm not gonna listen to it more than i'm gonna listen to pretty penny but i actually do think it might be a more important song because it came out in what 92 is that right 92 when that album came out 92 93
3: 92 or 93 Yeah. Uh... Okay.
2: Like I, I, this is the earliest I, and I'm not. Yeah, this is like one of the earliest where I can actually remember of a, a song like this being this forward with this type of a topic, and I think that should be applauded. I mean, in a in a, a a time when, what was going on that was being with what was happening in the U.S. and with pop culture and what was being sensationalized, this song got a lot of airplay, maybe for the wrong reasons, but it still put may, it still drove that conversation one way or another this song did drive conversation and that conversation by and large went in a positive direction. So I have to go with sex type thing, even though I don't like the song. Sorry,
1: but you have very solid reasoning and I am going to mark down sex type thing for Chris. With that, we have this last one going into a tie. If any of you want to use a buzzer beater, Mm. I think Jeff was shaking his head. I prematurely (laughs) called on him. So now that you're ready, the floor is yours, my friend.
4: This, this is an interesting study in contrast we talked about at the very top I mentioned the uh the versatility of stone temple pilots and how they're they're able to to just cover this broad range of different types of songs and do so effectively you have no better example of that than a matchup of sex type thing the hard rocker uh the sarcastic uh rant uh, about power and abuse in relationships and a really pretty ballad uh about uh missing someone a uh, pretty penny beautiful song uh man uh that's what makes this decision so damn difficult is that it, it's like I'm trying to, not even comparing apples to oranges. I'm comparing apples to a gorilla. It's uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, <laughs> uh it, it, I think that's why I've, I've literally gone back and forth during the time that, that Mike and Chris have been talking Uh and, you know, Chris, I wasn't really shaking my head. I was just kind of like, you know, nodding along bec- sideways because yeah, I mean everything you you've mentioned is is totally right. And I uh I think you know the last bracket we did obviously was Nirvana and, and this came up with Polly where you know fairly similar in in the the sense of getting inside the head of someone who uses relationships as a as as a power struggle as you know who seeks power and control over someone i think sex type thing is a little bit more explicit about it i think you can see that a little bit easier with 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 sex type thing i actually think it's a little bit harder to misinterpret that one than it is Polly because you know you, you throw out things that are clear tropes of rapists and rape culture you shouldn't have worn that dress i mean come on man uh <laughs> that, like that is just like coming out and like slapping you in the face with this is a sarcastic uh this is a uh an uh, examination of what it means to be a rapist and be uh, a power hungry bastard and if you're singing along and bobbing along with this then you need to go and question yourself uh and ultimately i think that's why i have to give it the sex type thing here even though i love pretty penny pretty penny is a great song uh but i mean i have to agree with chris that that uh the the uh sex type thing is is combines that catchiness (laughs) with man i should not be jamming along (laughs) to this song (laughs) holy
1: shit this is a
4: terrible human being (laughs) so um because of that awkwardness and you know as, as we stated in the nirvana bracket my uh my my attraction to lyrical creepypasta were uh sex type thing we'll get to 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 survive for at least another round
1: And with an uncomfortable vote for sex type thing, it will be moving on to the next round. And the decisions are only getting tougher from here on out. So, the breakdown of this bracket, the number one seed Plush beat out the eight seed playing game winner No Way Out. It will be taking on the number four seed Vaseline that knocked out the five seed Sour Girl. Tripping on it A Hole in a Paper Heart, beat out Wonderful, and it will be taking on the two seed of Creep that won in a sweep against Cracker Men. Interstate Love Song, knocked out Lady Picture Show. They'll be taking on the four seed Big Empty that knocked out Big Bang Baby. Wicked Garden is took out Take a Load Off, and we'll be going against the number two seed set sex type thing that knocked out pretty penny. And that is your next round of the elite eight. I want to pass it over to Chris for the socials.
2: Yeah. So uh, first of all, if you're enjoying the boozy bracketology podcast, uh, go ahead, jump onto whatever platform you're listening to us. Leave us a five-star rating. it will be really cool of you. Write us a review. That'd be amazing. Um, if you're enjoying the show, Boozy Bracketology on Facebook and Instagram at Boozy Brackets on Twitter. Uh, If you have a bracket that you want to submit or you think we should do, or if you want to be a part of the show yourself, Boozy Bracketology at gmail.com or reach out to us on any of the socials. We will work with you to get something put together. Sarah, back to you.
1: Thank you so much, Chris. Stay tuned for the next round of the elite A of the best stone temple pilot song where we will be probably very difficultly cha- uh, crowning a champion um so i have been your host sarah
2: i'm chris i'm jeff and i'm mike
1: thank you and we will see you next time